Welcome back to another episode of I'm Sorry, I Can't, Don't Hate Me, the Sex in the City review podcast from two series amateurs. Uh, this week, we will be recapping and discussing season one, episode five, titled The Power of Female Sex. Uh, as a friendly reminder to any new listeners or uh, returning listeners, we dig really deep into these episodes and give a really in-depth recap. So there will 100% be spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't seen the episode yet, but want to and don't want to know what happens, we recommend uh, stopping now, watching the episode, and then of course, coming back to rejoin us and hear our discussion and analysis. Uh, so with all of that, before we kick off for the week, Kristen, how are you doing? What were your highs and lows? Uh, and which character were you channeling this week? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Highs for the week, I think I'm going to go podcast related. We got hey. new official artwork for our podcast this week, and we launched it on the apps. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Pod, we're on Stitcher, we're on a couple of the other ones. So we are a real podcast now. Exactly. We have equipment too. We're pretty legit. Nice we're pretty legit. Yes. <laughs> My lows for the week. I didn't really have any lows. Um, I started invisible retainer braces two weeks ago and I kind of keep forgetting that different teeth are starting to hurt so sometimes I've just been biting into things and then my teeth hurt and I feel like a teenager because I already wore braces for a year um and I know it's my own vanity that is doing this to myself but it's it's annoying it's not fun Mm, I hear you where are your retainers kids (laughs) I never did um and I probably could use no. braces again. Your teeth are perfect. They're not, but I appreciate they're, that. They're, they, <laughs> I mean, I know you quite well. I have never noticed if anything was wrong with your teeth. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, what character were you channeling this week? Ooh, I guess I am going to be channeling Samantha this week. You know, she feels in general, she feels pretty good about herself. I think overall, she's the least terrible of them. Um, You know, I've just had a good week. I think I've been a good friend to some people recently. So I feel like that's Samantha. She's taking care of business. She's being a friend. All right. So great choice. Great choice. (laughs) What about you? How was your week? No, it was a pretty tumultuous week, if I'm being honest. Um, In terms of highs, definitely agree. Um, the podcast stuff was definitely up there was exciting to get the art and kind of officially launch it on all of the different apps. So that was good. I also, um, went out to dinner with a friend on Thursday and then went on a friend date with a new friend last Mm -hmm. night. So have been being a little bit social. So that's been really nice. Ah, lows this week. There's a few. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, the first is that I found out that my boss is leaving my company, which is a huge bummer for me. Um, because I don't really want a new boss and I have a problem with authority. So we will see how that goes. Um, I had some unwanted people from my past popping up this week at the very end of Mercury retrograde, just making sure they weaseled their way in before it went direct. And yeah, also I sprained one of my ankles for like the third time in basically three months last night. So It's been a little bit of a struggle this week, but overall doing okay, regardless of those things. That's good. (laughs) So what character are you channeling this week? 
So this week, honestly, I feel like I'm channeling Miranda, even though, you know, she's not one of my favorites. And I think I'm channeling her just because a lot of things that happened this week made me really cranky. And Miranda is by far the angriest and crankiest of the friends. So it's a Miranda week. (laughs) I was going to say it was a Carrie week because I feel like I'm most, when I'm unsure, I'm most Carrie, but Carrie was so horrible in this episode. I can't be a part of that, but we will get into that in just a minute. (laughs) Yes. Um, Alrighty. So before I do the recap, Kristen, do you want to just let us know some of the research and details of this episode before we jump in? Yeah. So this is season one, episode five. I can't believe we're on five already. Uh, The Power of Female Sex. It first aired on July 5th, 1998. This is the second episode that was directed by Susan Seidelman. She also did the pilot. We are back to teleplay by Darren Starr. And the story is written by Genji Cohen, um, who actually was the writer for Weeds and Orange is the New Black. And then this episode, I feel like this episode has a ton of pop culture references and also quite a few guest stars. So we have Carol Davis. She's a model actress and singer. Um, she's in a lot also of really... a writer. She's oh. written a couple of books, apparently. Wow. Good for her. She's <laughs> yeah. been in a lot of bad movies like Piranha 2 and a bunch of guest stars uh, in shows like Scrubs, Veronica Mars, Two Broke Girls. Um, we also have Charles Keating. He plays an artist, as you will see. Um, he was a soap actor and Shakespeare actor from the UK. And then we have Ed Fry, who plays the Frenchman Gilles, who is not French. He works a lot on soap operas. I think he's on, um, he was on As the World Turns. Oh, As the World Turns. Dr. Larry McDermott or Larry McDermott. So I don't know. Is there a plot line where he is, becomes a doctor? Isn't a doctor? I don't Ooh, know. He's got like a villain doppelganger. Maybe. That like um, poses Cannot do a French accent. No. Shopping no. his acting chops. Yeah. And Carol Davis, uh, she's playing a character named Amelita Amalfi, and she's meant to be Italian. Also not a very good Italian accent. No, no. Um, this show has a real so problem with accents. It's not their, not their strong suit, but we'll, we'll get into that. Let's get into the summary. All right, let's do it. Okay, so the show starts with Carrie and Samantha trying to get into the new hottest restaurant, Balzac. So this restaurant, I guess, overnight becomes really popular. Everyone wants to like get a table there. It's very um, exclusive. And so in Carrie's monologue, she's basically saying that the most powerful woman in New York is not, you know, it's not Diane Sawyer. It's not Rosie O'Donnell. It's not any of these other New York public figures, but the hostess at Balzac, she is the most powerful woman in New York. So Samantha and Carrie are waiting at the bar. They've been waiting for like 45 minutes. Samantha is extremely irritable and Carrie is being just very dramatic about how hungry she is. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to faint, like being a little bit much, but okay. Um, Samantha goes up to the hostess stand and basically says, hey, we've been waiting here for 45 minutes to be seated. And me and Carrie... We're both somebody, so you should be seating us. She was really trying to like big time the hostess. 
So gross. Um, which I found very off-putting. Uh, and so did the hostess, in fact. She was extremely unimpressed. And so Samantha goes back to the bar with Carrie and she's like, well, maybe if we give her $20. And Carrie's like, why would we give this woman that's been mean to us money? Like, no, let's just go. So they decide to leave. Samantha's completely disgruntled and outraged. And Carrie's like, why don't we just go somewhere else for lunch? And Samantha's like, where? Like New Jersey, where we can get a table. She's just very salty about the whole thing. Uh, And I think they end up getting Thai food, but who knows? So, oh, the other thing with Samantha is she is convinced that if the hostess was a host and a man, that they would have been seated immediately and would have been being served free drinks on top of like having a table. I don't actually know if that's true, but I love that she thinks that. So after lunch, Carrie goes to Dolce & Gabbana and is basically trying to shop to quote unquote, release her creative subconscious. And she finds these like honestly hideous pink feathery shoes um, that she decides that she's going to buy. She goes up to the cashier. Uh, Her credit card does not process because it's maxed out. And the cashier calls the credit card company and then cuts up her credit card which I thought was very funny. I've only ever seen that in movies. What's weird about that is that I'm pretty sure that's only like a credit card fraud thing. Just because you're over your limit, they won't, I mean, I don't think they cut anybody's credit card up now, but no. even when they did do it, I think it was like before the internet when you could get a credit card and like super Maybe. max it out before they would catch up with you. So when they mm. would, they would have to destroy it because you're like abusing it. I don't think they just sure. do that. Yeah, I not faced by it at all, though. She's not. I mean, she's like a little concerned, but she's more like, well, okay. So anyway, they cut up her credit card. And as Carrie's about to leave, she runs into her friend, Amelita. So they quickly catch up. Amelita buys the shoes for Carrie. Uh, I think the implication was that she was using her rich boyfriend, Carlo's credit card, Uh, As they're catching up, she tells Carrie that Carlo has a very small penis, which I didn't think was really pertinent or necessary information, Mm -hmm. but it was shared. But yeah, Amelita is basically an international party girl. She is allegedly from Italy. She doesn't work. Uh, She just makes her living basically by dating really rich men who help support her lifestyle. And so Carrie basically says most people would honestly just describe her as Euro trash, but Carrie finds her very fun. Uh, So yeah, they run into each other and that's kind of fortuitous. Um, After the encounter with Amelita, Carrie goes home. She's clearly somewhat stressed about all of the bills and like money that she owes. So basically throughout the episode, she's going on this like half-assed journey to like save money. <laughs> that is like honestly a little bit absurd, but okay. Emphasis on the half-assed. Yeah. So instead of going out that night, she invites the girls over to her place. They're playing poker. She's hoping to like not spend a ton of money, but hopefully wins the money from her friends, which is I guess fun, but a little weird. And then as they're playing poker, they're basically discussing whether women should use their feminine wiles and like sex appeal to get what they want from men. So of course, varying opinions from all of the women. Samantha, of course, is all for it um, and says that women should do whatever it takes to get ahead, even if it means sex. Charlotte, on the other hand, of course, disagrees and does not really believe that women should be exploiting sex. 
So they kind of have this back and forth over that. While they're having this discussion, Charlotte kind of flags a problem that she's having to the girls. So she tells the gals that um, she had a really famous artist come into the gallery that day. And, you know, he says that he's interested in working with her and he invites her to come out to his country home out in Connecticut. Charlotte is very eager because it's a good career opportunity. However, she's definitely a little bit torn because she's worried that it is under um, different pretenses that he's inviting her to his house. Like maybe he's romantically or sexually interested in her. Um, So she's kind of torn about what she wants to do. Miranda when she tells the story, it's basically like, if he even tries anything, call me, I will like sue the shit out of him, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. And then, you know, as they're talking, the buzzer rings for the apartment and who is it, but Skipper. And he's there to pick up Miranda. He was supposed to be there at 11. He came an hour early because he's annoying and he's terrible. Uh, and he's a fucking dork. <laughs> so Miranda is pretty irritated, but still ends up leaving with him. So fast forward a little bit. The other girls have left. Carrie's tucking in for an early night, um, which is kind of funny because it's like definitely around probably like midnight or something. Uh, right. and she's like, oh yeah, an early night. And I'm like, I guess that's true for New York. Like that is kind of an early night if you're going out a lot and like doing stuff all the time. Uh, but as she's tucking in for the night, she gets a call from Amelita. Amelita is at Balzac with her boyfriend and one of his friends and basically is like, Carrie, come out, come out and meet them. And Carrie's hesitant because she's trying to avoid spending money. But then she decides to go anyway because she does have the new Dolce shoes and they should not be punished for her inability to budget. So yeah. uh-huh. that's, that's a, yeah. that is great logic, Carrie. That is exactly the way a 30-something woman should be thinking. I know it's like it's kind of funny we'll get into this in the commentary a little bit it's kind of displaying it as an addiction and like somebody that is actually an addict would kind of use that like rationale with themselves just to convince themselves even though everyone knows that it's like not a real excuse but anyway Carrie arrives at Balzac She gets like a mild level of joy because the hostess is basically like, you're not on the list. And she's like, well, I'm not on the list, but my friends are here. So I'm meeting them. So she just gets to go back and sit with them. And the hostess is ostensibly a little bit grumpy because she didn't get to be a gatekeeper to the, to the restaurant. Uh, She goes and sits with the group and is introduced to Carlo's friend, Gilles. Gilles is an architect from Paris Um, he is very conventionally handsome and charming and he and Carrie really hit it off. Uh, at some point they leave the restaurant and Gilles and Carrie are kind of just walking together down the street. She finds out that he's basically recently just divorced. He has a five-year-old daughter and his daughter lives with her mother in Paris. And he is basically just in New York for the weekend on his way to Brazil to help manage like the construction of some hotel or something down there. So they're talking, flirting. He tells Carrie that she's too beautiful to be a writer in a very stereotypically French man, kind of cheese ball, charming way. I found that very off-putting. And basically in response, Carrie says, well, you're too charming to be an architect. Um, So like I mentioned, he's only in New York for the weekend. 
but he tells Carrie, you know, he'd love to spend the day with her tomorrow. And Carrie is clearly charmed uh, and agrees to meet him the next day. So, oh, at some point in this conversation, conversation also she is basically telling him he is basically like oh you should come to brazil with me and like whatever basically laying on again this like stereotypically french fake charm and um she's like oh you know it's tempting because like i'm basically broke and like mentions her finances so this is important to know for later (laughs) so next day carrie's getting ready to meet with gilles skipper comes over while she's getting ready. He's basically there to vent about how obsessed he is with Miranda. And he says he feels like he's addicted to her and is overpowered by her sexuality. And I don't know, that whole thing was very off-putting as well. But he at least has the self-awareness to know that he is just being too overeager and it's pushing Miranda away. But he's kind of just like, but there's nothing I can do about it because I out of like i can't control my feelings yeah exactly he just can't control his feelings and you know so he's basically going on about him and miranda's sex life and how good he thinks it is but she basically only lets him come over in the afternoons and like never lets him stay the night and carrie's basically like yeah you should just like try and stay a night with Miranda and like, maybe this, this will like progress into an actual relationship at some point. And yeah. So at this point, Skipper basically is sharing that he is so obsessed with having sex with Miranda that afterwards he does not even take a shower because he wants to smell like her still, which is alarming and creepy. And, you know, all, all while they're having this conversation, Carrie's like literally just changing her clothes in front of Skipper, like literally like in a bra and everything. And I'm like, I hated what that are scene. you doing? They love like, to just throw things in there where it's like, isn't Carrie just like a cool girl? Like she doesn't mind being in her bra in front of a guy. And it's like, well, that's like a friend's mm-hmm. boyfriend. And like maybe it would make Skipper uncomfortable. You guys aren't that good. I didn't really take it like, oh, she's cool and doesn't care about, like, I took it as like Skipper is so non-sexual and non-threatening to her that like, she's just like, I don't give a shit. No, maybe. That's a, that, that is a better, that's what I choose to believe now. Yeah. That is what I think was actually happening was she was just like, never in his dreams would I ever (laughs) sleep with him. So like, I don't care. But, like, even if she finds him unthreatening, he's still a straight cis white man. So, like, she should feel a little more threatened, especially with his incel tendencies. I know. This man is, like, one step away from just causing a public riot. (laughs) So, anyhow, cut to Carrie on her date with Sheil. They're walking in Central Park. There's, like, flower petals falling from the trees. Uh, There's some very stereotypically corny, like French music blasting in the background. And, you know, they spend the day together. Fast forward to the evening. Carrie and Gilles are at his hotel. And she tells him that she's not the type of woman that sleeps with a man after only knowing him for a day, which I actually found surprising, but okay, Carrie. Uh, And basically, she just decides to break her rule and goes back and stays the night with him. So Carrie wakes up in the morning. She's in a very beautiful, fancy hotel. Gilles is packing his things up and getting ready to leave to catch his flight to Brazil. Carrie tries to get up and get ready so she can leave with him. But he basically is like, no, stay, enjoy the room, order room service, like just sleep in. 
and he leaves and basically tells Carrie he's going to call her. But as the door kind of closes, she's like, oh, wait, he doesn't have my phone number and I do not have his. So that was clearly just a move. But okay. So then she looks over on the nightstand. She sees an envelope with her name on it and she thinks, oh, he's left me a letter. Within this letter, there will likely be his phone number. But when she opens the letter, it's actually just $1,000 in cash, which is Isn't there a note too that says thanks for the lovely night or something like that? I don't think so. I think it was just the money. I didn't, I don't remember seeing a note. I watched this episode three times and rewatched it right before this. So I I don't think there was a note. So anyway, she calls Samantha and Miranda to come over to the hotel so they can discuss and order room service together. She's pretty distraught and overall just kind of torn. Like on one hand, she's a little bit flattered, uh, but also offended by the money because it makes the whole kind of encounter feel cheap. And, you know, she thought it was this like romantic day with Gilles. And now she's like, does he just think that I'm a sex worker? Like what's happening? So Samantha and Miranda both are basically like, eh, just keep the money and like order room service and do whatever. Carrie doesn't feel great about it, but I think ends up going with it. Overall, I agree. I do think she should keep the money, but it was a little rude that he even left it to begin with. And, you know, Miranda and Samantha are obviously giving their different viewpoints and Samantha and Miranda kind of get in a little argument because Samantha's basically like, it's biological that men pay for things and women receive things. And Miranda's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is like why men like are misogynistic and just think they can basically like own women. But anyway, while all this is happening, Charlotte is in Connecticut with the famous artist Neville Morgan She's looking forward to seeing his new art and they go into what looks like a barn uh, where he does all of his painting. And when she enters, the paintings are literally just different vaginas, just a bunch of paintings of vaginas. Not subtle And No, not even a little bit subtle. Like they're all pink and red and... Yeah, yeah. They're very obviously vaginas. And Neville Morgan has basically decided to call this exhibit the C word. I'm not going to say it because I don't like it. I hated Um, the use of it in this episode. I did as well. And, you know, I think I at least swear sometimes during the podcast, but the C word is kind of where I draw the line personally. I know in like the UK and Australia and all of that, like people just say it all the time, but we're not there. So I'm not going to say it. So anyway, Charlotte is extremely taken aback and very uncomfortable, but as always remains polite. The artist's wife, Gertrude, comes in. She's bringing like cookies and lemonade and overall seems like very sweet and innocent. And, you know, the artist is still talking. He's basically saying like all of the vaginas that he has painted are of women who have had an important impact on his life. Um, and the implication is like sexually and his wife just like is looking on adoringly, like not bothered by this at all, apparently. And while this is all happening, he basically asks Charlotte if she would consider posing for him. And again, this is in front of his wife and she's again, very taken aback. She's flattered at this time. She does not give an answer. And the wife looks over and tells her that she bets that she has a beautiful C word. So that whole scene was weird and gross. And I did not like it. But well, I hated it because they're like, 
he asked Charlotte, like, maybe you'd pose for me sometime. And she's like, yeah, maybe. And then he's like, great, let's do it right now. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Even if she wasn't enthusiastic about it, like, give her at least a day to think about it. It's predatory, like, pressuring you into that. I know. I have that in in my commentary as well. We can dig a little deeper there. But anyway, flashback to the city. Samantha and Carrie are trying to go to Balzac again. They continue to have a standoff with this hostess. And Samantha asks to speak with the male host, which does not endear her to this hostess anymore because why would it? And Carrie is just like, whatever, let's leave. I just need to use the bathroom first. So she's on her way to the bathroom. She sees Amelita there with Carlo and they're with a group of other folks. Carrie goes over to say hi to them. They're basically talking about how they're planning to go to Venice soon for uh, the Venice Film Festival. And one of the gentlemen at the table in particular takes interest in Carrie and basically puts his arm around her and is like, yeah, you should come with me being like kind of stereotypically like sleazy Italian man because the show just like thrives off of stereotypes. Yeah. So she's, she's having this conversation. She's like briefly, like kind of tempted just because again, her financial issues But then the man who has his arm around her ends up like squeezing her ass basically. And that somehow makes her come to her senses. And she decides not to go against her quote unquote morals and excuses herself from the table. So she then does go to the restroom while she's in the restroom. She runs into the hostess. The hostess needs a tampon. Carrie is able to provide it. And all of a sudden they're best friends and never again, do they have trouble getting a table at Balzac. Then we're at the final scene. The final scene is all of the gals at Charlotte's art gallery, vagina paintings everywhere. So, you know, obviously the deal with the vagina painter went forward. And at this point, we're still unclear on like whether Charlotte went forward with it, but then the girls are like trying to find her vagina on the wall. Um, (laughs) So that kind of reveals, oh, she did decide to pose after all. And yeah, so basically the end is just, they keep guessing incorrectly. And then Charlotte reveals them, which is hers. And that is it. This is a bit of commentary, but also kind of frames the scene. I'm really mad at the show because- out of context I think it's a really cute scene like the girls are like is it that one and Charlotte's kind of like giggling and she's like no and they're like that one and then she whispers and then they all run over and I think that would be cute if we didn't get the implication that like she posed for this guy even though she wasn't really comfortable doing it and because she showed him her vagina that she Mm -hmm. gets this show like the whole implication of it is just kind of weird It's all weird. I also don't actually think it's cute that they wanted to guess which vagina was hers. Why do you? No, that's weird. I don't want to know what my friend's vagina is painted as. I don't want to know what it looks like. And I don't want to know what it's painted as. I mean, they all look pretty much the same. It was not good art either. (laughs) It was not. Yeah. I mean, I think we can kind of dive in on the commentary. For me, the first thing I noticed, like when I watched it, I could already tell that it was like Darren Star again instead of the other guy. What's his That's name? Michael so funny. Michael King. Michael Patrick King. Michael Patrick King. Yes. Um, I was just like, I can already tell this is him just because I hate everything that's happening right now. So I just, 
you know, I think in the, in the last episode or maybe the episode before that, we were talking about how like we're interested to see if it's going to continue to be a trend where like Darren Starr's episodes are the ones I hate and the other ones are the ones I like. <laughs> it's so this episode, I feel like if you're just sort of watching it, like you're just half watching, you're binging Sex in the City and you watch it. It's not a good episode. Like it's just no. kind of there, but watching it the way we do, where it's, you're kind of trying to take it all in and think about it critically. When mm-hmm. it ended, I thought to myself, what did I just watch? Like what? Yes. What was this? Because it was, yeah. So my takeaway from the overall, it's called the power of female sex. So the idea of it, and I don't know if Carrie had the moment where she spelled it out in her article, like she usually does, but it's sort of, if you're using your, your woman and you're using your sexuality to get anything, does that make you a sex worker? And mm-hmm. I feel like Carrie's decision was like, well, anybody who's pretty could just like go off with these men because she takes all of their compliments at face value. The guy's mm-hmm. like, come to me, to come with me to Venice. And she's like, I could just go to Venice and marry this guy, but I have morals. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because like being a sex worker is like really easy and fun and people just don't do it all the time because of morals. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. get over yourself, Carrie. Yes. Um, but just I don't even know if it was problematic. It was just offensive. Like I just Carrie is just so rude to people in this episode and so judgy. It was yeah. a lot. I also just like hated the way that like money was kind of dealt with in this mm-hmm. episode. So the overarching just kind of I guess like theme here is that like money is power, which I know is like technically true because we live in a capitalist society, but they were taking it too far. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with sex work, but I think the way that they kind of portrayed all no, this was they, really like offensive. <laughs> they do because it's like, well, yeah. that's not even anything you would consider because like it's immoral, which, okay. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it in your recap. Do you think Carrie really has a rule that she only sleeps with guys that she doesn't sleep with guys she's only known a day? Because we know from the the uh, Valley of the 20 something guys, she meets the Timothy, Timothy Oliphant character like the day before and then she hooks up with him the next day. No, she doesn't hook up with him the next day. They go on a couple of dates. They just like make out a bunch. And then finally, I think on like their third or fourth date, she has sex with him. Oh, that is true. They go shirt shopping. And then yeah. at some point the next day, that's not really yeah. a date. They hang out. So she sort to of, to me, it on. was like, it was several days before. Cause it was kind of like the implication was like, she's just like making out with him all the time. And it's like fun to make out with him. But then she's like, oh, that's not enough. So then she has sex with him mm. eventually, but it's after a few days, I think. But anyhow, um, I don't know. That seems really arbitrary and I guess technically from what we've seen, that is true so far. It's only know if episode gonna... five. Working yeah. I'm going to keep track. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't, A, I don't know if I believe that and be like, what do you want a fucking trophy? Because like, you don't sleep with guys on the first day. Who cares? Well, I mean, it, it just ties into the whole thing about like, well, she would she shouldn't do that. Cause that's immoral. And like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Carrie. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. The other thing I thought was kind of funny about this episode is just like, again, like I've never watched a lot of these episodes. Like I've seen some here and there, but for the most part, as everyone listening knows, I am a Sex and the City novice. But over the years, I have seen like tons of like articles and like think pieces about just like Carrie's ridiculous spending and how like unreasonable it is mm-hmm. in um, in the entire series. And I was like, oh, we're finally like seeing that explicitly kind of like drawn out for us. So that's interesting. <laughs> but also like it just ends. She doesn't learn any lessons about it or no take a a side job it's just like that's the end she decides to not not move to venice with this guy who she doesn't even know who already has his hands on her because that would just be like the easy thing to do right uh she just like decides to go and have an expensive meal at balzac (laughs) instead right like stop going to balzac all the fucking time if you want to save money and also don't buy ugly feather shoes god those shoes were so ugly They looked like shoes you would see, like, you know, with the Barbie dolls, like you get the little clothing kit things. It looked like those kind of shoes. Or like Like, those like 1960s, like housewife boudoir shoes, like you wear with like a robe with like fuzzy, like instead of slippers, you wear like those with a fuzzy negligee and robe. Right. Or like your husband. (laughs) If you ever watched Austin Powers, like the Fembots. (laughs) Like, I feel like the fembots would wear those shows or not shows, sorry, shoes. Um, I thought they were really funny, but yeah, I, I was like, oh, we're finally touching on Carrie being irresponsible with money and her attitude overall just seems very laissez faire. Like what can be done? I have to buy $400 shoes all the time. Her attitude in this episode, um, I have a list, like First, she, when she, her cards declined at the shoe store and the, the sales guy says he cuts her credit card in half and says, the credit card company told me to do this. And now they want to speak to you. And instead of taking the phone, Amelita shows up and pays for her shoes, which she accepts. And honestly, like Amelita makes a good point. She's like, we're friends. I've never bought you a birthday gift or Christmas gift. Like, just let me do this my rich boyfriend anyway so like I don't blame Carrie for taking them that was nice but then she has the the comment about most people would say she's euro trash but I say she's a friend and it's like boy how to call your friend euro trash without yeah you you just accepted like very expensive shoes from this woman I would never say like euro trash but everyone else shit about her yeah exactly And and she makes some comment about how she can't understand what she's saying and it's like, Amelie is being really nice and friendly to you. And you are judging her lifestyle so hard. I know. It's ridiculous. It's like. And she also wild. said she's only met her a couple of times. Like, Amelita might have a thriving business that she just doesn't talk about because it's not fun. You don't know. You don't know anything about this woman. Besides, yeah. she, she likes rich men. And uh, there's like the scene later when Amelita's like, look at this bracelet. And the way oh, they yeah. frame it's like it is so like. $12,000 bracelet. Look at this <laughs> stupid woman and her bracelet. It's like, well, yeah. Carrie, you're obsessed with buying shoes. So yeah judge it's uh it's very much like I don't know if it's necessarily like the pot calling the kettle black but it's like Carrie you've got your own issues like at least she's not like incredibly in debt because she can't control her shopping yes she's got expensive tastes 
but she at least has a way of like actually paying for those things so that's incredibly irresponsible and also again there's nothing wrong with sex work and also we don't actually know if Amelita is a sex worker or just a socialite I think she's just a socialite but the implication is that she's a sex worker so I overall thought the Amelita character was kind of amusing yeah I did too Um, she's obviously not really Italian um, but I thought she was kind of funny and fun. I don't know if we really needed to know about her boyfriend's small penis, but no, I got I that literally added nothing. I was like, what are they trying to do with this piece? Well, you Except, know, they have like, to have like their racy bit, so they've got to mention penis, right? I think they're just trying to be like, look how shallow she is. But I thought she was kind of fun. I don't know. I liked her. She smoked um, a cigarette in one of those long cigarette holders. With the cigarette holders. Which I know. Is fun. I, you know, I don't support smoking inside, but it looked pretty classy. No, it looks, <laughs> it looks cool. Holder. Ever since I was a kid, that's how Corella DeVille would smoke. She would cool. smoke that way. Also notice there was no talking head scene this time, but yes. there were just like, there were a couple of scenes like when Amelita's hugging Carrie and Carrie's basically like talking shit about her but like to the camera there's a couple of those breaking the fourth wall scenes but no talking heads this time at least yeah I, I mean so hopefully that continues to just be spaced was out too many it sure was what did you think about the whole kind of like relationship with Gilles I mean obviously it's not a real relationship but I thought it was cute I mean, I feel like Jill was pretty upfront. It's just funny because he was so not French at all. Um, They they met the first night and they flirted and, you know, they were both having a good time. And he said, like, you know, I'm leaving in a day, but want to spend the day together tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And Carrie was like, yeah. And so they did. And it seems like they had a really cute, wonderful time. And then, I mean, he could have just like totally ghosted her he left her money and uh, that was a weird move I mean I don't think he actually thought that she was a prostitute I think he was just trying to do something nice to be like well I know I'm never going to see her again but yeah and she had been complaining about she had been complaining about the money so I think he meant it as a nice gesture that's what I think too um I did think it was like weird. It would it's, be. It's weird. one of those things. It's one of those things where like rich people are like, oh, money solves everything. So like let me give someone money without them asking for it and yeah. just like be like, no, you have to take it. And you know, some people get offended by that. So I thought it was like a little bit presumptuous, but I didn't think it was like, oh, he thinks she's a sex worker. No. I, I think, think he was just all. like, oh, she's having a hard time with money and I have right. money. So I'll just leave this with her. I thought it was cute as well. I would I would also say I just generally love little encounters like that for me personally. Like I love traveling to a new place and meeting a gentleman and then never seeing them again. <laughs> Or having people from other countries come to visit and hang out and like not see them again. Sometimes (laughs) I do see them again every once in a while, but I am all about like a quick romantic fling that then develops into nothing because I have commitment issues. (laughs) I mean, I do think that's something that I've noticed in the show with Carrie too, is that she does make these weird dating choices and then is kind of surprised that like it doesn't develop into a relationship like Mm -hmm. you knew this guy was leaving he doesn't live in America he obviously is like jet setting around there's no way you're gonna have a relationship with him 
And the same yeah. thing with like the 20 something year old, like, yeah, you, you know, you like know that this is not going to be a boyfriend. It's fine if, you know, you want it for what it is, but then, I mean, I guess it's weird that he left the money behind. So I can understand why she'd be like a little bit confused about that. But mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think was going to happen, Carrie? <laughs> he could have just left there with no, left you with no money. <laughs> so, and yeah. then I thought it was really tacky. I know he said order breakfast but that she invited her friends over to have free breakfast too. It was just like, (laughs) I mean, it's fine. I guess he doesn't care, but it just, I would have more pride than that. I, uh, I didn't really find that too problematic. I was just like, whatever, this dude's obviously crazy rich. He doesn't give a shit. Um, So I kind of just thought it was funny, but I hear what you're saying. I, what were your thoughts on like nostalgia moments this episode? I didn't feel like there was a ton of nostalgia compared to like the Valley of the 20 something guys, Um, but there was some, I think in some of the fashion, like Mm -hmm. when Carrie was on her date with Jules, Mm -hmm. he was, she was wearing like a, a, blue light blue like it was feather so boa. Ugly, but it was like and, a mini feather boa. yeah like a thin yeah. like one of those thin scarves that you wrap around your neck oh, that was just so ugly but I know that Her that was like really in style was so ugly yeah it was um, so bad she wears like in the later scene she's when she goes to one of the many times she's at Balzac she's wearing like a silver dress with her mm-hmm. ugly shoes and it's that's just such like a 1998 outfit <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um I definitely thought the shoes were very 90s I would say in terms of nostalgia like I feel like just this subject in general was like something that was like popular in movies and tv in the 90s yeah. that felt very old school to me but I don't feel like it's something that like we really see in movies and tv anymore because everyone realizes how like problematic and shitty it is yeah well this episode was directed by susan seidelman who also directed desperately seeking susan and mild spoiler if you haven't seen that movie there's a scene where patricia arquette is like working as like a magician's assistant so she's wearing like a weird outfit and she's like running through the streets at night and she falls down and she gets arrested for prostitution because she's dressed in a slutty outfit and she's out at night so i feel like maybe that that's that was like a thing where it's like oh no women have to be careful otherwise you'll get arrested for prostitution for like looking a certain way or it's like in certain states it might even be virginia i can't remember it's like one of those like weird laws that's like no longer actually relevant but it's like still in the books it's like if more than five unrelated women live together in a house or something it's, a it's considered a brothel yeah <laughs> that's amazing the golden girls are technically a brothel oh my gosh my first apartment in new york i guess was a brothel there was a bunch of us uh the other thing that i thought was kind of nostalgic was like being at a restaurant and like actually having to wait at the restaurant when you put your name down instead of them just like, like calling you or you made a reservation online yeah exactly I thought that was I found fun. that whole thing gross because you could still make phone reservation in the 90s like and the, the whole thing of like I've never worked as a hostess but I've worked a lot of like retail servicey jobs and like the idea that this hostess is like taking pride and turning them away and then when Carrie shows up and it's like I have friends here that she's like 
damn it, I really wanted to turn care. Like she's probably yeah. stressed because everybody's yelling at her and being mean to her and threatening her. And she's probably yeah. like, oh, thank God, one less like obnoxious person I have to deal with. And then I hated at the end when it's like, oh, because Ter- Carrie gave her a tampon. They're friends now. I know. What I thought was going to happen was like Carrie, she decided that she wasn't going to hang out with Amelita and, uh, you know, I guess be a sex worker. So she goes to the bathroom and she's like, there's a voiceover where she's like thinking about her morals. And I really thought that she was going to take the thousand dollars and put it in like, I assume there was a bathroom attendant in there, like put mm-hmm. it in the tip jar for like that lady. That. And then like the hostess would have seen that and been like, oh, what a good person. I'm going to give her a table. But instead she keeps the money. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's more of the woman on woman hate stuff, right? Because it's like Samantha's convinced that if it was a male host, like they would get in, which right. I don't actually think is true. It's like if they have tables, they have tables. If they right. don't, exactly. they don't. But you know, they just make it, they want to make it like, uh, this woman loves like hating other women and not letting right. them in. Uh, she's a gatekeeper, like whatever. And it's like, oh my God, give yeah. me a fucking break. Like, yeah. The idea that she has all the power to begin with is yeah. insane. It's absurd. It's absurd. And then, you know, we finally get a moment where they're like friends and of course it's over like fucking tampons. Right. Like it, yeah. It can't be like over something substantial. Like they've got a shared interest or, you know, anything about them as people. It's just like, we're both women and I had a tampon. I've learned many a lady a tampon in my life and that doesn't bond you in any way no like what it doesn't I, I mean I guess it's written by Darren Starr and he was like a what man bond yeah. over their periods right. <laughs> perfect I'm just gonna put it out there I don't like Darren Starr I yeah like one bit so we talked about the fashion a little bit but there's a couple of things that I Ooh. specifically want to talk about yes, so I loved all of the hostesses different like tiny hats Little that she was wearing. Hats. They were so cute. Why Those is so that fun. a thing? It's like like a mini top hat like bobby pinned to the side of her head and she was wearing different hats in like every scene. <laughs> that I was know. her thing. They were really cute and fun. I liked them. I don't know if you noticed this but like the servers at Balzac like had the most hideous uniforms. They were, they were like, like silver shirts. Shiny gold, shiny gold shirts shiny with like gold. broad, like black ties. And it was like short sleeve shirts too, not even like long sleeve. It was like truly hideous. And I was just like, why would you ever make people wear this? And then we talked about this a little bit already, but I loved Carrie's silver dress that she wore with her ugly shoes, mm-hmm. but I hated her outfit that she wore on her date with Gilles. It was yeah. so ugly. It like was. the blue mini boa and the magenta jacket and then like the floral print dress. Like, girl, there is too much going on here. You got to settle down. But yeah, were there any other looks that really caught your attention? Only that when we have the flashback of the artist um neville is that his name Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. into charlotte's gallery charlotte is wearing 
these teeny like Geppetto glasses that I guess were kind of a thing for a minute, but like as a glasses wearer, like you can't even see out of those tiny guys. They were, they looked ridiculous on her. I forgot about those. Those are hilarious. Yeah. Let's talk about, I think we've talked about some of this stuff already, but there was a good amount of things that were problematic this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't even like really know where to start. I'm going to start, I think, with the creepy artist asking Charlotte to pose. We talked about this a little bit already. Yeah. But, like, he basically is, like, trapping her into it, right? Right. And, like, using his wife to also, like, give her this, like, faux sense of comfort. Like, oh, it's not like that. He's just an artist. Like, his wife approves. It's fine. And, like, she's clearly just uncomfortable and conflict avoidant. Like I in no way think that she actually wanted to say yes to this. She just felt like she she had to. Very pressured into it. And it's like, yeah. And the way the show dealt with it also was like, they made it like to be this like funny joke thing where it's like, Ooh, even Charlotte is like using her sexuality to get what she wants. There's no reason. It's like, she was obviously like pressured into it and like put in a situation where she did not feel like she could say no. And it like, it's just one of those things that we know that Charlotte's uptight. So it would have been cute. I think you probably disagree if she had been like looking at the paintings and been like intrigued, I guess. And then when he asked her Mm -hmm. to pose being shocked. And then like when the wife was like, you, I bet you have a beautiful C word. If Charlotte had like a sly smile or something and been like, yeah, okay. Then that would have been like, okay, even Charlotte, like, you know, uses her feminine power, but feels that's not what happened. But instead it's just, everything is like, well, if you do ever like use your femininity to get anything, you should feel ashamed because that makes you a dirty whore. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That was like, that scene was just like, ugh. It was, Ugh. it made me very uncomfortable and they used the C word many times. And yeah. like, it they was just like at least four or five times like that they were just aware of what they were doing in like the grossest way. I did not like yeah, that scene at I all. I didn't like it at all either. I also like, ugh. when you were talking about like Carrie being terrible this episode, you're right. She was being terrible, but I feel like when I was watching it, I didn't even like really notice it that much. Cause I was just like distracted by <laughs> just the ridiculousness of everything. But once you said it, I was like, no, you're totally right. Carrie was definitely being terrible. Samantha was also being really awful though. She was being so nasty about the hostess and she's being a real yeah like it doesn't matter I mean unless you're like actually a celebrity and I still don't think this is right but like unless you're actually a celebrity no one's gonna give a shit if you're important or not and give you a table like you need to make a reservation just do it I also just so I'm all about women doing whatever they're comfortable with in terms of like using their sexuality Mm -hmm. to get things if that's what they want but just Samantha's views on all of it to me was just like incorrect (laughs) like her view was like you should exploit people but it was like not there was no nuance to it it was just like you should just exploit people because that is like what we have as women like that's the only thing we can do so I was just like "Mm, Samantha you're on the wrong side of this one I don't like that what did you think I mean 
the opening scene when she's there at Balzac and she's like going off about if it was a man, I guess she could have, you know, showed some boob and gotten it. it just like, or you could have just been really nice. And I feel like yeah. when I've gone to places where there's a long wait and I really want to like eat there, I think I'm kind of, I don't know, sympathetic. <laughs> yeah it's like oh I know it's really busy but like you know could we we'd sit at the bar if there's anything you know and just like be nice and if they're like no like you know that's going to get you way farther especially with a woman than like yelling at her and saying I'm somebody oh not here I don't know I just felt like Samantha was perpetuating the the woman on woman hate this time around and also do you think that Miranda and Samantha like each other. No. Because any interaction they've had. They're always arguing. Arguing and not in like a you. Not in a fun, cute way. Right. Like a, like, not like, you know, joking yeah. around. Like they're actually arguing because they're fundamentally just yeah. different people. Like they shouldn't be hanging. The four of them shouldn't be hanging out together. I know. But especially Miranda and Samantha. Right. <laughs> So the Avalita thing where she's talking about Carlos' tiny dick, mm-hmm. like on one hand it was funny, but I'm also just like, he shouldn't do that. Like, no. I don't know. Like, it's it's just not right. Like, I wouldn't want someone that I'm dating or sleeping with to like go around talking about my body in that way. I mean, I guess that's supposed to, that comment's supposed to justify Carrie saying like most people would think she's Euro trash because it's like, she's just an overshare she just meets these guys and you know says whatever and she she doesn't yes. care about what she says or who she says it about I, I don't just know. feel like it I'm mostly weird. fine with that I feel like we didn't need to know that he had a small penis and it added literally nothing to anything in the show and also just you know that on its own also promotes like toxic masculinity it's like oh if he has a small dick then he's like not really as much of a man or whatever you know but he's rich but he's rich so, so it doesn't matter that he has a tiny dick and, yeah I, I feel like they throw things like that into the show to be like it's racy yeah yeah but um we talked about the money stuff already. I don't think we need to touch on that anymore. I don't blame Carrie for keeping the money or getting the shoes, but just generally the way money was like approached in this episode felt like, ugh, not great. But the one thing I wanted to talk about that I talked about a little bit up front, Gilles saying that Carrie was too pretty to be a writer. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is that about, dude? Like, first of all, unless you're like literally a model or an actress or something like that. Like there's no reason that your looks should matter at all as it applies to your job. So it's like, who fucking cares that like Carrie's a writer and she's pretty like the implication we're getting here is just like, Oh, writers are kind of like smart and like brainy. Mm -hmm. And so like, therefore they must be like ugly little trolls but like Carrie's on ugly little troll. She's beautiful. She's she not breaks, like other girls. She breaks the mold of what a writer looks like. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, it's on the same lines as like the ending of this episode or what was I saying before? Or her, like my original thought of her changing in front of Skipper that it's like, they love to like 
throw these scenes in to be like, isn't Carrie just like the greatest person ever? Like she's too beautiful to be a writer and yet she's a great writer. Mm. Uh, you know, she's just a nobody, but she can get into Balzac at any time. She's just mm-hmm. so wonderful and special. Mm-hmm. She's poor and she doesn't pay her bills, but she gets free shoes all the time, but not in a slutty way like most women. Right. No, you're like, totally all right. right. All right. You're totally right. Oh my gosh. The skipper thing, I still don't think it was like them trying to be like, oh, she's no, so I, cool. I, I, I think it's uh, I think it was more like she finds Skipper so asexual to her that like she doesn't even think about it. I'm curious if the skipper storyline is going anywhere. I know in later episodes, like he still pops up in a way that I've mentioned to you before, which I won't bring up now. But like, I wonder if they just fade the storyline out and at some point if we just assume they broke up or if there's going to be like a an episode addressing their relationship because I would like yeah. to see that. I do. I don't really like Skipper. So I, I, I mean, like I don't like to... him either, but I, it's one of those things I would, I would like, like to... him to be gone sooner rather yeah. than later. <laughs> oh, man. Was there anything else you wanted to address under problematic areas? I feel like we've, we've mm. hit on most of the things. Yeah, no, that was most of the problematic stuff. Yeah. And, you know, again, this doesn't make it okay, but it's kind of like a time capsule, right? Like, these themes and like things that people were talking about it was the 90s doesn't make it okay but well speaking of that time capsule the intro carrie says who is the most powerful woman in new york it's not it's not diane sawyer but so it's like okay i think she might have been like the morning news at that point yeah it's not Tina Brown, mm-hmm. who's the editor in chief of the New Yorker at the time. It's not Rosie O'Donnell. I know the Rosie O'Donnell reference. I guess she really had that's me. when her like talk show was really popular. But I was like, oh boy, that's that's coming out of left field. That's so funny. Um, and Samantha makes a Lorena Bobbitt. Oh comment. yeah, I forgot. She says that when Miranda threatens to sue the artist, if he like tries anything- If he sexually assaults her- Samantha, or not Samantha, sorry, Charlotte, that she'll sue him. And Samantha's like, oh, you're like the Harvard grad Lorena Bobbitt or something. Which Which, I don't know if you've seen the documentary about the Lorena Bobbitt stuff. Like that man was like, horribly abusing her. So like making jokes about it, like- But also- like yeah you should tell your like charlotte be careful and if something happens we have your back yeah because i mean even just saying we'll sue him it's like well if you think that's a possibility don't go or like one of them should have gone with her or something like that no you're right i didn't really think about it like that but you are right i was kind of like oh miranda's got her back at least yeah i mean it was something all right. Is there anything else you want to touch on or um, the, should we go to final thoughts? The last thing I just wanted to mention was the artsy element of this one. Mm-hmm. So it was, I'm saying for the 20th time, it was a Susan Seidelman and I like her art direction. And mm-hmm. there was like a fun bit when Carrie is the first time she's like walking home with Jill and she says like, 
Oh, that was really fun. I feel like I'm floating in like the scene is she's kind of floating in the oh, air, yeah. which is cheesy. But then later when she's on the date, she like reference um, Claude Lelouch movie, which is like a French new wave kind of director. And mm-hmm. so I feel like they were kind of going in that style. Like I liked the way the date was shot. It was like mm-hmm. <laughs> they were in Central Park and Carrie was like on the, the Alice in Wonderland statue with a bunch of kids. <laughs> and then, then later when... Carrie realizes that like she's not into Amelita's lifestyle which is very judgy but they filmed it where like it was everybody smiling but it was kind of like sinister like their faces were bigger and it was kind of like Carrie Uh looking around the table and suddenly realizing like oh these people are are not classy they're kind of like scary Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really cool that was the one thing I kind of liked about this episode yeah Overall, I wasn't really a huge fan but of the episode. I did. I did not. I didn't really think the episode was that entertaining. And I no, like, nothing happens really in this episode. No, I feel like what they were trying to tell us was sex work is bad because it's immoral, but it would mm-hmm. be very easy to do because there's all these like rich men who just want to take pretty women places. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you shouldn't do that because that's immoral and you don't want to be a slut. Like Amelita. Yeah. That, that was, was right. I That's think that it, was the general. When it um, ended, I was like, wow. Uh, and end of the episode was called The Power of Female Sex. So I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be more of a female sex positive episode. And it was no. not. No. <laughs> it was the opposite. Christian, simple, simple Christian. I'm just <laughs> I do think that's my comment at the end of the, yeah. the last podcast we did when I heard the title where I was like, ooh, yay. Oh my goodness. No, I knew it was not going to be anything like that. Um, I have no faith in the writers. I don't know. There was just really nothing about this episode that I liked, except the um, hostess's tiny hats. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I liked. Yeah. I did like the Gilles little romance, but again, just because I myself like to do things like that. <laughs> um, is there anything that you think holds up from this episode for me it's just the funness of a like little like intense fling like that's the only thing for me that I, I like think that. holds up yeah what about I, mean, for you? I love sleeping in in a hotel and getting room service I guess he got a late checkout they did not specify so it was making me anxious watching it because I was like oh man cleaning staff is gonna come kick you out <laughs> Uh, yeah no there's nothing in this episode that holds up I did not care for it wow yeah fair enough no like I said the one thing I think holds up isn't even really like no I think I think that's fair that's no like it it's fair but it's like it's not really like oh this this is a theme that still holds true to do you know yeah. what I'm saying like yeah it's it like it holds true related to. for me because I love an international man I'm constantly <laughs> well, looking then- I'm constantly looking for a foreign passport I mean I should I- consider Amelita's line of work apparently <laughs> oh you know what else I guess is true just like Skipper's over eagerness pushing Miranda away that's obviously just like no one likes someone that's over eager so I guess that also holds true yeah and why is Carrie again giving him the advice like well maybe you guys should just go on a date and not have sex be a friend to both of them and say look Skipper Miranda doesn't like you you need to just cut your losses unless you want to be her hookup 
but like otherwise mm-hmm. this isn't gonna happen like spell it out for both of them yeah I hear you okay well I think we can kind of wrap up so yeah. this week who do you think the hero was and who do you think the villain was Ooh. I think the hero and the actual hero of the episode was Amelita because I, even though it was her boyfriend's credit card, I think she was really nice. She paid for Carrie's shoes and she was not being judgy about it at all. Like Mm -hmm. she was like, oh no, let me do this for you. This would be a nice thing. It's not even my money. And then she invited Mm -hmm. Carrie out Mm -hmm. to hang out at the restaurant because I assume one of the rich guys was paying. So like right of course her friend who she saw her and she thought of her like that's nice it's always fun when you have like a friend that you only sort of know who wants to invite you to go do something fun and then that same sense I'm gonna I don't know there's so many people Samantha was a real villain in this one because she was just so mean to that poor hostess he's probably making minimum wage and Mm -hmm. tips Mm -hmm. and just being really angry for no reason yeah she was also like a little bit too into the idea of like using sex to manipulate men like right right it's like there's a difference between like using sex as like a sex worker or whatever to make money versus like actually using it to manipulate people you know what I mean and to be so blatant about it too it's one thing if it's like oh I'm, you know, have this meeting with this guy and I know he's, he's a real womanizer. So I'm going to dress real flirtatious, you know, and mm-hmm. it kind of leaned into that to just be like, if that guy was a man, I would have a table now and he would have bought me drinks because like, right, I would have, right. would have charmed him with my good looks. Yeah. Um, I agree with you on the villain, Samantha, definitely yeah. the villain. I have a second villain um, as well. <laughs> the second villain is Neville, the artist because he definitely just like there were so many villains in this episode i know i know i think samantha and neville are the worst though yeah neville put charlotte in a position where she felt like she could not say no to something that made her uncomfortable and i did not like that no the hero see now that you've said amelita i'm like oh yeah i guess i guess that's true but i was kind of I was picking from the main four. So I Mm. said Miranda was the hero this week. And I said that because she was definitely less nasty this time around than Mm -hmm. she typically is. (laughs) And I think of all of the girls, she had the most correct opinions on sex work and that kind of thing. And just the power of female sexuality overall. And I think you know, she was doing the best she could as a friend to Charlotte. To yeah, like she definitely showed the most concern. The other two women were just like, well, I mean, if he goes for it, lean into it and then you can get a show. And it's like, yeah. no, you know, Charlotte is uptight. Yeah, exactly. So for me, Miranda was the hero. That's a, that's a but point. I also agree that Amelita was kind of the hero also. Okay. All right. What about ratings for this week? City Ooh. and sex or sex I'm, and city, whichever order you want. I'm going to give this one a 4.5 for city because wow. they were they were in Central Park. They were like out in front of the Met um, when Carrie was with Jill they mm-hmm. were like going to the hot restaurant and then mm-hmm. when they couldn't get into Balzac for lunch Carrie was like oh I know this like you say Thai place uh mm-hmm. like around the corner and I feel like yeah I mean you don't have to go 
to New Jersey, there is going to be a place on the block over in like when you're in the city to go get like probably what was a really good and much cheaper lunch. So Uh I thought there was a lot of city scenes in this and I liked liked that a lot. Um, As far as sex, they made everything about sex be so dirty in this episode. I mean, even the hookup with Jill was then clouded under like, does he think I'm a sex worker? So I'm going to give it a one. All right. There was nothing in it that I found was, was sexy to me. And then every, all the framing of it was just negative. Yeah. We're going one. All right. What about you? Okay. So for city, (laughs) I was the harsher critic this week. That's cool. I gave it a 2.5. Ooh. Because three is kind of like my standard for like, if I don't feel like it's exceptional, Mm -hmm. um, But because of the Connecticut scene, like I probably would have given it like a 3.5, but because of the Connecticut scene, which was not in New York and just how much I hated all of that, it got knocked down to a 2.5 for me. In terms of sex, I also gave it a one. There just wasn't a lot of actual sex happening, but the sex that was being alluded to was either causing people to not shower, which is disgusting, or to treat women, um, you know, that guys are having one night stands with as like sex workers Mm -hmm. to your point, just like all of it was just toxic, equating sex and money to power and like not anything about just liking sex or intimacy or anything like that just wasn't a good, wasn't a good look this episode in my opinion. So I agree with the one rating. We were, we were really liking the past two episodes. So this one hit hard because it was just fucking Darren I'm telling you he's yeah everything I hated the first two episodes I actually liked the last two yeah the two not by Darren and then I hated this one again I still think models and wordles is still the worst episode by far yeah they're also not really that funny like no three and four were pretty funny I got like some laughs in there were yeah, like no, this one that was not, you're totally right. This one was not funny at all. I don't think I laughed at any point. I mean, or maybe like, I might've laughed at some of the stuff Amelita said, cause I liked her, but yeah. I mean, I think the scene where Carrie is holding Skipper's hand sitting next to him on the bed when he says that he doesn't shower after sex with Miranda and she kind of like lets go of his hand. I don't think I like even chuckled but it was like all right that's like like, oh some comic relief i guess yeah an attempt at comedy and like that was kind of all they gave us i i agree i was not that into it all righty well i think that's all we have for you this week i think so all right well thanks everyone for joining us this week we hope to see you again next week when we talk about season one episode six secret sex I'm excited to very see what that's all about. Yeah. Very curious. Very curious indeed. See you all next time. Bye. Bye.